Hello, and welcome to Pod Catalyst, a podcast dedicated to emerging trends and thought leadership within the communications profession. I'm Peter Finn, Executive Director of the International Association of Business Communicators, or IABC. For this Pod Catalyst interview, I spoke with Daniel Bond about IABC's new four-year strategic plan, Stronger Together. Daniel is chair of IABC's International Executive Board and an award-winning marketing executive with expertise in the professional services sector. Outside of IABC, Danielle is the group director for brand, marketing, and communications of Asia's Pacific engineering, design, and consulting company, Aracon. Brand strategy is a passion and strength. In 2020, the Australian Financial Review named Aracon Australasia's most innovative company and most innovative professional service firm. In 2021, Archon was recognized as one of the top 20 graduate employers in Australia and one of Australia and New Zealand's best places to work. Prior to joining Archon, Danielle led the marketing team at Ernst & Young, Oceana, and several Australian law firms. She joined the International Executive Board in 2019, and it was a pleasure to speak with Danielle about the new strategic plan. Well, thank you, Danielle, for taking time to speak with me today. I know we talk a lot, but for the purpose of the podcast, we're going to be talking about Stronger Together IBC 2025, the new strategic plan uh, for IABC. And um, but before we jump into the plan, just so you know, I, I know there's you've talked to a lot of members. You're very visible, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started with IABC, and how you got to where you are today? Because you have a very impressive job. Uh, in addition to being chair, but also in your day job. So if you could tell us a little bit about that. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be here. So a little bit about me and my IABC journey to start with, and then I'll give you the backstory. But I first joined IABC about seven or eight years ago, I think it was, when I moved cities. So I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. At the time I joined, I just moved from Sydney to Melbourne to start a new job. And IABC really became my way into connecting with people like me in this city who do the job similar to what I do. So that was the starting point. And then I also got involved in Gold Quill, both through submitting the work of my team and we were successful on several occasions, but also then got involved with my chapter, Victoria chapter, as a Quill evaluator and a few other small roles. And then I joined the IAB in 2019 and then became vice chair last year and now this year have become chair. So that's my IABC journey. My professional journey, I started out, if my parents were still with us, Peter, I, I was meant to be a lawyer, but I found myself in the fourth year of my law degree, I suspect like quite a few people who are no longer lawyers, doing a taxation law course and looking around that classroom and realising that I was really not suited to the, the detail of being a lawyer. So I switched. I'd always been more interested in the humanities subjects that I studied as part of my other degree, journalism, PR. And I ended up working early in my career in a community radio station where I was running the student radio station then I worked in theatre in London as a marketing manager. I did some postgraduate study in arts administration. I came back to Australia some years later from my years in the UK and realised that at least in a country the size of Australia, there weren't that many jobs to be a, a professional arts administrator. So I joined, ironically, given my earlier story, I joined a law firm as their marketing manager. And I then spent 
many years working as a marketing and comms professional with some large Australian commercial law firms. I joined Ernst & Young, again, ironically, as their tax marketing manager, would you believe? <laughs> tax, it came back, it was like a boomerang, yeah. as their tax marketing manager. And then I went on to head up Ernst & Young's marketing team in, in Australia and New Zealand. And then in 2009, I moved cities, as I said, and I'm now the group director, brand marketing and communications for an engineering and design company. And we do business across Asia Pacific. And I've just loved working with engineers and scientists and environmental planners and the like. So I guess my career has been about working with interesting business challenges and learning new issues that organisations face, supporting my employers, largely professional services companies, to do a good job of looking after their clients. And so I think that's a pretty good segue to talking about IBC's strategic plan. And obviously you were leading, you and Bonnie leading that process, Bonnie Caver, media past chair. But do you want to just give like a, just kind of the high level view of the plan for those who are listening. I know we're, we're kind of doing a, a roadshow as it were right now, but for those that, that are not familiar, you know, that are maybe not part of the volunteer leadership, you know, they're just, you know, maybe just joined IABC. What can we tell them? So I guess the starting point is that the strategy is the guardrails around which we seek to operate and advance the association. And so we undertook a fairly extensive consultation process within our organisation, but also talking widely to comms pros, whether they're members of IABC or not, to think about the future of communications, how we support business, and how we can do a better job of living up to our purpose. And so we, you know, if I take like a 10,000 foot view of the plan, we've given ourselves the challenge in the next four years to really advance the profession, to build a stronger network of communication professionals internationally, regions, chapters across our network, but also more broadly with adjacent professionals that we all work with day to day doing our jobs, HR professionals, legal counsel, IT leaders, C-suite of course, to help business be successful, to use the power of communication, to deepen understanding and inspire action and transform our worlds. Lofty words, but it is a passion that I know is shared by people who do the job that we do. So six pillars comprise the plan. Three relate to how we operate as an organisation, which, Peter, is really where your expertise and staff's expertise comes into play to help the association achieve our goals. We can talk a little bit about those three pillars in a moment. And then three that focus on how we're going to grow as an association through delivering value for our members and other stakeholders that we work with. And again, I can talk about those three, but, but maybe if we start with how we might think about operationally, Stronger Together is the name of the strategy and we've, we've chosen that intentionally because as an international organisation, we have members 
in different countries all around the world. Some connected to chapters, some are in Africa, you become a member of the Africa region. Some, we call them sort of members at large, independent members who might be in a location where we're not present. But that network is stronger together when we, the golden thread that connects international regions, chapters and members is working well. And so a focus of how we will operate in the coming four years is to really look at how we can advance that working relationship. And I talk a lot about co-creation. So we see this strategy as a roadmap and we will have shortly a year one operations plan that we can share with members. But ultimately, we want to co-create the plan with our volunteer leaders, our members, and those who might join us and join with us to advance the purpose of the association. Do you want to talk about the other two, Peter? Digitally transformed, data-driven, pretty important for every organisation in business today, including our own association. Yeah. So when we were, as a task force, thinking through what is this kind of the future state of IABC, you know, there was a, a lot of discussion and, and talk about data and the use of data and data governance. And I remember there being a comment of, you know, data is the new oil. So, you know, how can we, how can we take the data that we receive from members and collect that and make for a more meaningful overall experience for members, but also inform a lot of our decisions going into the future. So the data-driven piece, you know, that that kind of percolated as being one of the, the top drivers when we when we talk about, you know, how we're going to operate uh, in the future. And then I think it's a complement of that is that is being digitally transformed. So enable, you know, to enable us to be able to have this, you know, this data strategy, there are things that we need to do to transform IBC and have these digital tools that I know a lot of our members expect now. It's, you know, that, that we're going to you know, that we're going to provide as part of the member experience. So, you know, those are two really foundational things that support Stronger Together and the other pieces and how we'll grow and things that we'll be focused on for definitely over the next year and two years to really help prop up the other pieces. Digital, Peter, it was really one of those macro issues that when we were working through and liaising and consulting with, with people around the world, digital was just such an important piece for our members, not just for the association, but also that as communication professionals, we're facing digital transformation in how we do our jobs. We are working for organisations that are being disrupted through digital transformation, and we're often helping those organisations traverse that uncertainty, changing business models, all the communication aspects that come out of that. And you'll recall we did some research, we did a pulse survey that also informed the strategy and we got feedback from, I think it was circa 170 to 200 comms pros Mm -hmm. from across the world. And, you know, one of the areas that they identified as a skill that they most want to master is everything digital. Yeah. Uh, And so being digitally transformed as an association will ultimately also inform how we will help with professional development opportunities and, and, And likewise, let our members and the comms professionals more broadly really advance those digital skills. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, you know, I think it just even over the last year and a half with with all that, you know, uh, we've gone through and are still going through. I mean, there's just been this acceleration, too, in the use of 
digital, you know, in lieu of being able to be, you know, in person. So it's, I, that's a great point because it definitely came out in the poll survey that we had done this, this having the education and professional development about how best to leverage those tools. That was definitely one of the, the top themes that came out uh, when we were asking the question about what do you need currently and, and what you see is, you know, in the future of your work. So well, you, digital, it, digital ways of working, really, it's yeah. transformed. It's always been around. I think it's so interesting when you reflect on what we've just been through and in many countries are still going through with, with the pandemic, the impact that it's had. But one of those impacts is it's accelerated the digital change that's been talked about for a long time. And I know that many organisations are looking at how do we respond? How can we foster more effective digital ways of working to engage our, our customers, to engage our employees and other stakeholders? So yes, for, for IBC, the ability to connect digitally during this time has really been a huge plus. It's, it's uh, for many people I know, it's really brought home the I and IABC and the international connections that we we have and the relationships that we can form across airwaves, but it's also brought with it some challenges. So, so that's sort of the the how we will operate three pillars, and then the other three pillars, how we will grow, and I think they will be great roadmaps to guide us in the next four years. One is called delivering value, and that is really a mindset as much as anything to think about our members, our volunteer leaders the business, government, not-for-profit organisations that we work for or advise, and then the broader profession. How can we, as an association, create value for those stakeholders? What products and services, what advocacy can we undertake that will benefit those stakeholders? So that will be a focus, year one and beyond. Arguably, it's always been a focus of the association, but we're doing it against the backdrop of significant changes in our world. The other pillar championing our profession, again, has been a long-standing commitment of the association and more to be done. We all believe in the work that we do and the benefits that we can provide to organisations and we need to influence the debate around the contribution of strategic communication to business success. So that will be a key pillar for us Advancing my career, of course, we want to help develop strategic communication professionals and help them be successful. And again, a program of work. And we will share the plan on our website in due course. We're sharing it with volunteer leaders as we speak, chatting at, at forums, but also sharing it. But, you know, we really do want to invite a conversation with the broader profession about these six pillars, the vision that we have for the association and our reason for being and and really co-develop a great program for the coming years. We talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, we went through this planning process, a lot of it this year and, and, and some in the, the previous year. But what made this year a little bit different than maybe two years ago, given you know what what everyone's experienced with COVID and the, the pandemic, the impact of the pandemic, you know, how that is you know, had an influence over the plan and, and what we've you know, kind of prioritized. I mean, do you, do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, it's, it's certainly the, the elephant in the room. So yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I have thoughts about it in, in two ways, because I think, you know, in my job, 
I'm also working with my company to think about strategy and how we execute and are successful as an organisation. And I think for, for my employer, for the association, we're living in truly uncertain times. And so a strategic plan can provide a framework, but we have to be pretty flexible and agile. And I think we have to have a mindset you know, I'm confident that the roadmap and the pillars are a really great framework. I'm confident that there are foundational things we must get done year one to enable us to be successful. But I also know that things will happen as as we've just lived through. Things will happen that we couldn't have predicted. So we have to have, I think, an innovative mindset and an experimental mindset as well. We need to try things. What's that phrase, Peter, you know, learn fast, fail fast, move on, iterate, learn, improve. You know, I think we have to, we have a legacy here with IABC that we we all take very seriously, but we also have opportunities to try new things and, and, you know, through innovation. We've got many great examples across the network of really clever, innovative things that our members do in their day jobs, our volunteer leaders do in their volunteer jobs. Uh, So we'd love to spotlight that, celebrate that, scale that, share that. And that gets down to knowledge sharing as well. So what made it different? We didn't get to be physically in a room together. Of course, none of us have for a very long time. So we have done lots of, you know, working remotely, but that, that, we're all doing that, right? So that's just, that is our current normal. Hopefully it won't be our normal forever. Yeah, yeah. And being a member for, I think you said, seven years and having a lot of experience with working with fellow volunteer leaders and being part of this member network and, and community with this plan, like what really excites you about, you know, what, what about it really excites you that, you know, about the kind of the future of IABC that, you know, I think honors a lot of the great stuff that's been done and thought through and, and you know, in the last several years, but also just looking forward and, and taking the association in a new direction. So the things that excite me, I mean, firstly, I like what I do. So I am engaged in the practice of communication. And I think a lot of our members and our profession really love that. So there's always that engagement and I'm always excited about putting a spotlight on best practice. I was just reading an article overnight about designing workplaces for neurodivergent people and how organisations really embracing that potential and power of diversity and different thinking. And, And I was looking at it from the point of view of, you know, how do building engineers design workspaces that are respectful of that so it got me thinking you know there will be people communications professionals who've thought about this and who've also developed amazing communication programs to engage that community so for me IABC is always an amazing vehicle for finding that best practice whether it's through our core program or people generously sharing the work that they do through our seminars and on Catalyst and on the hub so That will always excite me. The things I'm particularly keen to see us embrace more is we call it the I and the B in IABC. So international, we are the only international uh, association of business communication professionals. And and that's really powerful and has been an amazing experience being able to learn from and connect with people in all parts of our world. And then the B in IABC, the business piece. So we 
work for, whether we're in-house or consultants working with business, government, not-for-profits all around the world. And we have a perspective that is valuable to them. And I'd like to see us have a more, a louder voice, if you like, a respectful but louder voice in the debates that are impacting business, whether it's how business needs to transform to be more diverse and inclusive and equitable and the benefit of that to their business and what does good communication practice, what role does that have to play? Or it could be about other transformative opportunities that business, and I'll use business as the term, but I'm I'm covering all of the the organisations that would sit yeah. perhaps under that banner. You know how how business needs to respond to the climate crisis, and what does sustainable development mean for business, and how what's best practice from a communication perspective. So we can talk forever about some of the other macro uh, changes impacting our world, and there are many, and I don't think there is any where strategic communication doesn't have a role to play. And so, you know, I'd like us to contribute to that debate because I think it will benefit not just our profession, but it'll benefit business. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said earlier about co-creation. And so what what is that? How do you see that? Or what does that mean for, for members and how they can participate and how they can be part of this plan. And I think we're doing a lot of communicating with volunteer leaders, but but also you know, just with the membership. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think that um, there'll be many people who in, in our profession who are change communication experts. I'm not one, but I have worked with some very talented change communication professionals. And I've learned that in implementing change, you need to get buy-in and from your stakeholders. And, and I think co-creation is a really important way of, of doing that. So understanding audience, engaging members and stakeholders in designing a shared path. And so when we, you know, we developed this strategy, there was a task force that, that led it, but we spoke to a lot of people uh, engaged in lots of different ways to develop the framework. And now going forward, we want to work with not just our volunteer leaders, but more broadly with the communication profession. And there will be opportunities. What would my advice be if, if you're listening and you're a member, or perhaps you're thinking about becoming a member, but you might be thinking, well, how can I get involved? Volunteering is a really great way of getting involved. And we have we have more than a thousand volunteers around the world. And we know that not only are they very selfless and generous people and giving of their time, but they, they derive a lot of personal satisfaction from being involved and they build, our volunteers build very strong networks. So I think if you can, volunteering is a great path. It's not always possible for people. People are busy. They have other demands and in their life that they need to prioritise. So other ways that you can get involved is to plug into channels like the hub which is a great way to ask questions, but also contribute your experience and ideas. And I'd like to, I know we're really working hard to build a more engaged hub. And in time, you'll see, Petty, you might want to talk about the potential around shared interest groups as a way for people to getting involved. And then other ways, you know, obviously you can participate in all of our forums. Catalyst is a 
great way of staying across news, but you can contribute. We'd love to hear from you. You can obviously enter your awards in the Quills program. You can participate in any number of our professional development programs. So I think there's many ways that you can connect, whether you're in person or remote. Yeah. Do you want to talk about SIGs? Yeah, Military sure. Sounding groups, things, but uh, what are they? Yeah, yeah. So um, we have been talking about introducing probably in the next month or two uh, what we're calling shared interest groups. Um, this is something that uh, you'll see from time to time with different associations. But the idea is that people are able to come together, coalesce around. You know, whether it's an industry. So if you are a, a comms professional in healthcare, there would be a shared interest group for that. Or uh, if you're in the financial sector. Or perhaps we, there, there may be one around DEI or early career professionals. So, what we'll be doing is is offering um, a handful of these as sort of on a trial basis. But we know that a lot of our members, this is something that, that there's a lot of interest in. It kind of transcends geography, so you can be really active in your chapter. But getting back to that I and you know and and uh, and IABC is that you know this is something where you can connect with people all over the world and, and share best practices and really leveraging that network because we think that there's, you know, we, we will have the tools to be able to facilitate those discussions and really engage folks around these different topics. So stay tuned. We will have more uh, information about that, but I, I think that it will be a real, you know, a true member benefit for a lot of people in our, the IBC community. I guess the other thing worth mentioning, Peter, is just our focus this year on engaging with students and people in the early stages of their career. And we see that as really important, not just because of the generational shift that's happening, but, you know, we want young people or new people to the profession to get the skills and connections that they need that will help them thrive in their careers. And I think that's really an important, It's I know it's very important to our International Executive Board and our many um, volunteer leaders around the world. Yeah, I, I think we, you know, kind of forging these new pathways for people that are early career, that are students, and and just offering more places, more opportunities for you know, them to volunteer or also just get benefit from the association and advancing their career. Because that, you know, oftentimes that's the biggest part of being in a professional society or association is the association is a resource to advance your career and, and uh, get you to where you want to go. And I also think we have such an amazing group of seasoned comms professionals. They can be mentors to a lot of our early professionals and, and, uh, and students. So there's a huge opportunity there. I know I've learned a lot. <laughs> really, I have. And I always know when I've got something that I haven't seen before come up in my day job, I can reach out to someone and ask for some input and advice. So that's that's a powerful plus for me personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you wanted to say just a little bit about some of the, the new committees that we have. I mean, is there anything that you wanted to share just you know, maybe at a high level is what we're trying to accomplish also with how we're connecting the plan to the, the work of some of these, these committees that are... Um, you're doing great work. Thanks, Peter. So we have we had a diversity, equity, and inclusion task force last year, and it's now become a formal committee, and it is leading our DE and I strategy for the association, so that we are ourselves 
more representative of people in our industry uh, and they're doing great work. They've got a great roadmap and plan. We've appointed a board committee to look at advocacy in public relations. That's what we would advise our employers and clients to really have clearer view on where you wanted to have a voice in the dialogue around issues that are important to our profession and business. And so that team will very much look at how we can do that. Trendwatch is back again this year. They do amazing work and looking forward to seeing what what trends they uncover for us all to learn from. We have a professional development committee that's been reshaped to take a broader view of how we can support professional development across the association. I've probably missed others. GCCC's back, of course, the certification program. They do great work. They've got some really interesting research coming out and there is always an opportunity as we come out of lockdown to do the the certification exam. I'm SCMP certified and it was a very exciting recognition for me when when I was certified several years ago. The Quill program's back again, of course, Peter. Please help me out. Who have I forgotten? We can't leave someone out. They'll never forgive me. I mean, I think we've gotten many of them. Yeah, we, of course, let's see, we have, did you mention the ethics task force? Uh, We did. We have an ethics committee that oversee ethics and, you know, really important that we hold ourselves to account in our ethical conduct and how we live the, the code of conduct and ethics in our work and as an association. Yeah, but I think we if if we miss one or a couple, we'll make World we'll conference. World we'll conference. Program advisory. Program, program advisory committee yeah. for twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two in New York City. Yeah. Mark it in your diaries. And I think what's interesting this year too is that what you've put in place, where there's kind of cross pollination, or where we have people serving as liaisons to the different committees. So there's we can be a little bit more in sync as to, you know, what, what the, the committees are doing and how there might be some, some areas of synergy between the, the, the groups, which I think is incredibly helpful. So for instance, I know with the PD committee and the program advisory committee, you know, there's uh, there's a liaison there. So, but yeah, I, I think that'll, that will go a long way this year. Trying to connect the dots, yes. sense-making. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So keep an eye out in your member bulletin, your leader letter, Um, And obviously, you'll see lots of news across our social media. If you're not following us, please do. So I have one final question. I think this should be easy. What gets you up in the morning? And we we asked this to every person on Pod Catalyst. When we were originally talking about this, it was like, well, what keeps you up at night? But that seems so negative. So what what gets you up? (laughs) Ah, well, because I do early morning calls with my IABC (laughs) colleagues in North America, IABC gets me up in the morning, morning, Peter. Um, And what keeps me up in the morning is coffee, beautiful coffee. People from Melbourne, Australia are very snobby about their coffee, Peter. We have a very large Italian community in Melbourne and we make really great coffee. And so we have a good coffee maker at home and I am spoilt and have two very nice cafe lattes every morning. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good answer. I, I know because I, when we talk, you're, you know, it's often 6, 7 a.m. for you. So, <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm not an I'm not an early morning person, but I've learned to become one. Yeah. Uh, so you know, but it's quite. I know people. There will be people who who get this. I'm actually quite enjoying it. I never thought I would say this, but it's true what they say. When you get up early, you can really, you know, start your day positively. Early bird gets the worm. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I, I, I don't have any other questions. Or is there anything else you want to share? Otherwise, thank you so much. It's for a pleasure. getting up thank early you. and doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have a conversation with you, Peter, as always. Yeah. And we'll talk again soon, no doubt. Bye, yes. everybody. Thank you. Thanks again to Danielle for speaking with me. There'll be more to come about the rollout of the new strategic plan. I'm very excited about the new plan and the next four years for IABC. And we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Thank you.